dead shroom and the grievously wounded lake, there are two silver stars and eight bronze among them, all ten of which defy coherent explanation. What were you thinking during the battle? The pretty TV reporter in Tulsa asked, and Billy tried. God knows he tried. He never stops trying. But it keeps slipping and sliding, corkscrewing away. The thing of it. The it the ineffable whatever. I'm not sure, he answered. Mainly it was just this sort of road rage feeling. Everything was blowing up and they were shooting our guys and I just went for it. I really wasn't thinking at all. His chief fear up to the moment the shooting started being that of fucking up. Life in the army is miserable that way. You fuck up, they scream at you, You fuck up some more, and they scream some more, but overlying all the small, petty, stupid, basically foreordained fuck-ups looms the ever-present prospect of the life-fucking fuck-up, a fuck-up so profound and all-encompassing as to crush all hope of redemption. A couple of days after the battle, he was walking down the gravel path to Chow, and there it was, this sense of reprieve or release, of a terrible burden eased, and all with no more effort on Billy's part than the exhalation of a normal breath. This feeling of, ah, like there was hope for him? Like maybe he wasn't completely expendable? By then the Fox News footage was viraling through the culture, and there were rumors that Bravo was going home, the kind of suicidally hopeful talk no soldier in his right mind would dare credit, And then, lo, they were QT'd to Baghdad on two hours' notice, and thence across the ocean for their victory tour. One nation, two weeks, eight American heroes, though technically there is no such thing as Bravo Squad. They are Bravo Company, 2nd Platoon, 1st Squad, said squad being comprised of teams Alpha and Bravo but the Fox Embed christened them Bravo Squad, and thus they were presented to the world. Now here at the tour's end, feeling soft, sated, bleary, under-rested, and overproduced, Billy grows sad and nostalgic for the beginning. They were hustled onto a C-130 in the middle of night and took off from Baghdad in a hard, spiraling scrooge. Shroom was with them in a flag-draped coffin at the back. For the entire flight to Ramstein, a couple of the Bravos were always sitting with him, but it's the others who Billy thinks of now, the twenty or so civilians of various shades and accents who joined them for the ride. Not spooks. They were too plump for that, their smiles too heedless of the woes of the world, and as soon as the plane was airborne, those guys were partying hard. Good whiskey, music blasting from a dozen boomboxes, a forest of Cuban cigars set ablaze. The fuselage quickly filled with a witch's brew of smoke. It turned out that they were gourmet chefs. For who? The men just smiled. The coalition. They were French, Romanian, Swedish, German, Iranian, Greek, Spanish. Billy could discern no pattern or meaning in their nationalities, but to a man they were friendly and more than generous, eager to share their booze and smokes with soldiers. Evidently, they'd made a lot of money in Iraq. 
One of the Swedes opened his calfskin attaché case and showed Billy the gold stash he'd acquired in Baghdad, several pounds worth of chains and ropes and coins, of such purity that they glowed more orange than gold. There, amid the cigar smoke and rollicking laughs, Billy had lifted one of the chains, testing it for heft. He was nineteen years old and had no idea that his war contained such things. And what a damn shame for him and the rest of Bravo that it has not been won in the two weeks since. Yes, Albert is saying into his cell, which he bought special in Japan, which is two years ahead of everyone else in the race for cell phone superiority. Tell her that. You can tell her this picture will maul, but it will also reward. He's silent for a moment. Carl, what can I say? It's a war picture. Not everybody gets out alive.